0: Hello out there. This is Wise Women, and today you're spending time with women inspiring spiritual excellence. I'm Cherie. I'm Agnes. And I'm Trevay. We are a group of women who love God and we love his people, and we We just just want to to share share him with with you. you. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Wise Women. We're so excited that you're here for season two. Whoop, whoop. Soul Searching. And this time we have a very interesting topic. Well, they're all interesting to me, little bias. But we're going to be talking <laughs> about the altar experience. It's something where you go to the altar, A L T A R, and you come away altered, A L T E R. So. Who wants to start talking about their altar experience? Agnes, why do I have to go first? Because
1: <laughs> A comes before T or L. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, so uh, the altar experience. Well, I think in the first episode when we were talking, I think we talked mentioned it a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it was Treve. I think it was Trave, um, talking about how oftentimes, oh, the altar comes before the stage, but oftentimes people want to skip the stage to go to the altar. I mean, they want to skip the altar to go to the stage. They don't want to go through that altering experience that prepares them to be on the stage and to be, you know, be able to be a person of moral and ethics and good character to be able to maintain their position on the stage. But, um, Um, I think while you were talking, I was thinking about, oh, because you said a lot of times people want to go to church just to go to the altar, the physical altar. But in my head, I'm like, "Mm -mm, baby, because it's on there popping 24 seven at the altar at my house. okay? (laughs) or the matter of fact, not even at my house, because I have gone to a place, period, not even that. (laughs) <laughs> but, I have gotten to a place in God, and we praise God because I used to be the one that wanted to go at the to the physical altar because that's all mm-hmm. I knew, right? But I've gotten to a place where I have realized that, the altar is accessible anywhere that I go to because the altar does not no longer needs to be built at one stationary point, but the altar is always accessible because Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and your sins. And we can get access anywhere we're at, no matter the state, no matter the nation, no matter the time. Can I get an amen? Come on somebody. But, (laughs) but I have realized and I am so glad when you're saying that, that I am not, I've recognized that I'm not at that place anymore. And listen, I'm not knocking anyone that's still at that place. Praise God that you even were able to get to that place Amen. and that you have the knowledge to recognize a need for the altar because it is important. But all I'm saying is from my experience, there's such a joy in knowing that the altar is forever moving with us um mm. going everywhere that we can go I think about was it Joshua where they had the pillar by night and day the fire the pillar of fire and that then was the cloud they was walking in yeah the Moses and, and all that, of them yeah okay there we all go okay all of them right so that's how I feel I feel like everywhere I go I got a pillar you know um, in the daytime and I got a pillar in the nighttime got fire. okay nighttime. so um I have, I have, um, I always say what, I don't know. There's a saying that we say in church. We say that anytime we come into his presence, we always come out. We never, we never leave the, his presence the same. We come out, change. Exactly. And I have recognized that that doesn't just happen in church. That happens anytime we go to this altar and have this experience. Come on. Because. When you go to the altar and we think about in a traditional sense, how they had to bring sacrifices, we are the sacrifice. Um, Christ was the ultimate sacrifice, but we are, we're sacrifices unto God. And that is our honorable worship to him to give our life as a sacrifice, just as soldiers do for their nations. We're able to go before him and lay our lives down, which is another level and devote, like devote ourselves to him as a sacrifice, a living sacrifice. Cause we yeah. ain't just laying on the altar and dead and not moving anymore, but that fire daily, right? Daily. And that fire, which I believe is the fire of God, you know, and it's not a tangible fire, but it's a fire that I believe that God uses to purify people, to refine us. And when I understand that I'm going through this process all the time, like I said, Alteration. Earlier. come on, I'm understanding that there is an altering taking place, not only that, but I'm recognizing that I am human. Like I'm not an animal that's being sacrificed. I am a human sacrifice for my God. And when I say a human sacrifice, that means that I'm not perfect. Um, When I lay on that altar, I believe that it's uh, me acknowledging that I am surrendering to a God that is perfect, a God that is whole, a God that is all providing, all knowing. And he has everything that I need. And it's almost like me saying I surrender because I don't know everything. I can't know everything. And I release and relinquish this this need for control Mm -hmm. so that you can take ultimate control over my life. So. That is my daily, weekly, monthly, when I lose my sense sometimes and I go, it's like going to therapy for some people, you know. This is my therapy, okay? Going to that altar, that altar Mm -hmm. experience is a place where I can say, God, you know, it's been a rough week. You know, I may have not displayed you the best that I could, but I tried and I need you to help (laughs) me, okay? Or... I'm just coming out of a, you know, joy. You know, I come to dance. I dance in his presence. You know, I have fun. I, I make jokes. You know, sometimes I get a little too comfortable mm-hmm. and y'all probably think I was crazy because I really be <laughs> laughing. Me and God I be like, God, you're funny. You know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, I have a lot, I've had a lot of moments, you know, good moments. And I've learned that the altar experience is not just a, I know we talk a lot about repentance and that is good, but I've, Learn that it's not just repentance. It's also replenishment. Yes. And refreshment. Okay. Like, come on. Restoring. All all the R's. But (laughs) I love, I've grown to love the altar and the altar experience because I truly get a chance to disconnect from all of this worldly stuff. And not even truly like, I mean, the worldly stuff isn't all the way bad, but I get to go to a place with God that I don't always, you know, get to tap into when I'm busy with my day-to-day activities. So, amen. When wow. we go to the altar,
0: we we take off um, all those things that we put on to camouflage within the world. Mm-hmm. You know, when I go to God, listen, it's the ugly cry. I'm not speaking my most eloquent. Okay. I am raw. You know, it is, it's not... there's no filter because he already know me and he knows he know what I'm going through so there's no reason for me to try to you know gussy it up Mm. and I feel so much better and it's a conversation that I have with him that I can't have with my soul sisters Mm. it's a conversation that I have with him because one, because I know he already knows. So I can go yeah. straight to the point. Right, And this is where I'm at right now. Yeah, And this is it. And God, I'm giving it to you. Yep. And you may not fix it the way I think it should be fixed. So help me even in my unbelief. Because I, I I know it's going to happen. I don't know what it's going to look like. But you're going to have to do something, God. Because I can't anymore. And in that, that, that relinquishing, like you said, when I surrender and let it go and open up my hands and give it to him in that posture, I'm able to receive whatever it is that he needs to give me so that I can have that transformation altering experience so that when I come out of his presence and when I come out of worshiping him, because Lord, I thank you and I, and I, I glorify him because of who he is and I may not understand why I have to go through that because I, I don't like it. Um, is, I don't know if it's for me or for somebody else. I don't know why I got to do something for somebody else, but hey, man, I'm just being honest. But then when I'm done, I'm done. Yeah. And I think a lot of times if, if you go to the altar and you don't have that, mentality that you're going to leave it at the altar, I think people don't really realize it's literal. You leave it at the altar. If you don't leave it at the altar, if you sit there and you keep mulling it over afterwards, then did you have an altar experience Mm. or did you have a, just a conversation with God? You just wanted to talk with him. I don't want to be altered, Lord. I just want to tell you what's going on. You know, I should have just called Sally for this, yeah. but I'm going to talk to you. But when I know, when I leave it there, I can go back to whatever I was doing because I know that it's in his hands.
2: Um, I made a, a lot of notes. And a lot of the things I made notes for, y'all already said. So, <laughs> which I was just like, oh, my gosh, I was just about to say that. Um, But I'll just say it anyway, just because, I don't know, more may come of it. So the first thing you said, Joshua, though, but I I took note of Moses and the tabernacle and how they physically packed up the tabernacle and took it with them. But another thing that came to mind was before or in the I don't know if it was before they started doing this or in the process of doing it. One of the things that Moses prayed was that, God, if your glory doesn't go up from here, we don't want to go. And speaking of church and people depending on the church to get changed and to be healed and delivered and set free, it's a possibility that just, it shows me that there's a possibility that you could be dependent on the church and the church is moving here and you're depending on going to that altar, but God could very well not be there. Mm. Um, so that was one thing I thought about, like being able to depend on God instead of the church because he may not be there. Um Another thing that I took note of is um, just an experience that I had. I believe it was last weekend. I went to this conference and um, the conference was just, it was a a, a whole experience for me. Um, I actually, I would have gone to the conference even if I wasn't a part of it because one of my friends was hosting the conference. But, I went to the conference and it was just... The experience was different for me because speaking of Moses in a tabernacle, um, pretty much every day or every portion of the conference was like... It was representative of a different part of the tabernacle. So the very last part of it, the night session on Saturday night, was the Holy of Holies. Um, And the thing... Well, I, have, I wasn't going to talk about this, but I have to. So it was my first time doing a prophetic, spontaneous poem, spoken word. And the thing that, I don't remember all of it, but the thing that really was just standing out for me that I was saying, the Holy Spirit was using me to say, was about how we come to these experiences. And, and I've had experiences where people have said we're in the holy of holies And at some point it irritated me because I'm like, no, we're not. And I say that because, and that's something that they mentioned, we're in the Holy of Holies. And I feel like at one point we weren't, we got there, but we weren't initially when that was said. And the thing to take note of is we think of the altar, um, it's a holy place. But what is, the point of it is not that you're just being invited to come here, just for an invitation to come eat but you're being invited to change it's not just about being invited to have a relationship and get to know me in the process of coming to me of coming to the altar you're being changed and you're coming up to a higher place um, where there's higher standards and in the word it does say he'll give he will give me hinds feet to go to the high places. Come on. But you don't get those hinds feet before you get to the highest place. You get it in the process. When so you get there, when bring you get to the there. mountain. You're preaching now. But you still gotta go through a process of getting Ooh. the hinds feet. Your feet have to be changed. And on top of that, you gotta learn how to walk with those hinds feet before you get to the high places. And I think that and it when you were talking I was thinking about how people are afraid to come to the altar even when they're at church and they may feel that pulling in their spirit that they need to to get to get there but they're afraid of what will happen when they get there they're afraid of what will happen when they just let go being exposed and that's one part of it and then the second part of it is the people that are at the altar that make the altar seem at times it makes the altar seem like a judgment Um, it makes the altar seem fleshly it makes the altar more about the people standing up there to pray for you than about the person that you're coming to get that change from and you're embarrassed before those people Mm. and sometimes those people get in the way when they're looking at you and and they're wanting to pray specific things for you but You could be going up there not needing what it is they're praying for. You just got to get to that place to experience God and just fall at his feet and lay there. And I think that just goes back to the importance of having that time outside of the church where you really get to know the point and the purpose of the altar experience is for you to start this process with him and get to know him and have that relationship with him, knowing that he's right beside you while you're going through Amen. this change. Um, I think it was one other thing I wanted to say.
1: That yeah. was too good. That was too good. I just cannot. <laughs> hold on, hold on. <laughs> Cause you 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 you're about to take us to somewhere else. But can we just sit right here? Yes, we can. Okay, because I am still stuck on that the altar is an invitation to change. Like, oh my goodness. I've never seen... I, I get it and I I understand it, but I've never heard it said like that. And the fear that you talk about, because I I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I've experienced that same fear mm-hmm. of what are people going to say? What are, I don't know what's going to happen when I get up to that yeah. altar, so I'm going to come out and I don't <laughs> want to come out in front of all these people because they're going to be looking at me crazy. And then the I honestly knowing that God is calling me to change, but telling God that I am not ready to change. Mm -hmm. I felt that feeling as well. Like I feel you pulling me to come up there or pulling me out of this old and familiar place into something new. But me being honest with God and telling him, hey, I am not ready. And I think that that's okay too, because you got to be real. But. I just I don't know who's listening, but I think that this is a right now word for us, the people, the listeners like this alter experience is really meant to alter you and to Mm -hmm. change you. And I don't know what how many ways we got to say it or put it to you, but God really wants us to change and we are not encountering. We're not going, like you said, we're not going to the altar to encounter the faces of people. We're not going to the altar. First of all, the altar is transferable and we're not going to the altar just to, because our lives are living altars, you know, a a living altar. And we're not carrying our altar around to say, hey, look at me. I got this altar. Oh, what you got over there? No, we are laying our lives down at the altar to as an honorable sacrifice unto yeah. God our yeah. honorable worship unto him so that people can be drawn by the aroma that comes off of our lives that people can be drawn by the worship that comes from our temple So it can bring people closer to him. And it is so serious because the change people are dependent on us to change form literally so that they can be encouraged so that they can walk this walk out too. Because they're going to be like, look, Agnes, you are not the same Agnes that I met. Way back then. Girl, you got something different and it ain't that fake stuff. Because you know people can tell that fake alteration. Yes. Okay? Yes. But they are looking for a authentic change so that it can... And that authentic change, it cannot be a carbon mm-hmm. copy of something else. Right. It will literally pull people right. and it would also repel people away right. and make them not like you. Because we know that that's how the anointing works. Right. But I just had to... Because... Mm, amen. You, you talked
0: about both of you, the altar experience and I, it reminded me of an altar experience <clears throat> where I thought I was going to the altar for one thing mm. and something totally different happened. Wow. Uh, a woman of God gave me an instruction in the service uh, to go and touch the man of God at the, the altar and so I thought I was going to touch him more in a, you know, of support or something like that and there was a an alteration that took place in me Mm. that happened, that touch. There was an anointing that was already there that I needed, but I was thinking I was the instrument. Yeah. And instead God had something to give me. Mm. Now, two things could happen. I could have disobeyed the instruction that was given Mm to me through her cuz in my in my own mind I'm thinking it's one thing and but it's just as you said Trevate you get the hind feet when you go you don't have it beforehand and so it wasn't until I went up there and I I will admit in in hindsight looking back I can see where there there must have been a transference that took place in my life that totally changed my ministry Wow. And how I do ministry and how people receive ministry from me. Because a lot of what I do, I work from home. I don't get to go out to, um, you get to go into a school every day. You get to go into a hospital. You get to interact with customers and then, you know, co-workers, you have two different, you know, clients Mm -hmm. and co-workers. I don't have that because I work from home. It's very rare that I go. So my ministry is the grocery store. My ministry is the restaurants that I go to. You've had dinner with me at the restaurant. I am doing my best to show the love of Mm -hmm. God, even to the server that comes to the table. Mm -hmm. I do not, I, I really dislike being at the table when people are just being totally rude and disrespectful yeah. to their weight servers. That makes me feel like, you know, you're, you're these people are doing a job. Yeah. So when I go to my job, I want about to come to my job and, and being all rude to me as mm-hmm. I'm being a project manager. So there's that respect. But again, that's because I've had an alteration because yeah. I wasn't always that person. So God has altered me so that I have a tangible understanding of what it means to love unconditionally at the altar. I've had the alteration of loving unconditionally does not just include loving those that are close to me. Mm. Loving unconditionally even includes loving those that are outside my sphere of influence because in the process of loving outside my sphere of influence, those that are in the sphere are altered because they see how I don't just love Agnes this way. I love uh, Chase at the Chick-fil-A drive-thru the exact same way. Mm. Now, I do recognize when they're working for the first time and they're struggling (laughs) and they don't understand, you know, and so we got to extend grace. But even that is an alteration. Mm. So the altering experience should alter us everywhere. A
2: key word that you said was alterations. And I think that... When, I think that that it just speaks to the alter experience not being the same for every person. It's tailor-made for what each person needs, what their their heart desires, um what fits them, um so that the new pants you put on are not too big for you. Um it it fits you just right. Um and I feel like it's a it's once again, it's a place where you're getting worked on. You're getting fixed. Um, it's not as simple as we make it to be. And it's not all about I think somebody already mentioned before. It's not all about coming to for repentance and to ask for forgiveness of sin. Um, it's not all about coming to get delivered. Um, Moses met with God for instruction. Come on. So, I mean, there's multiple reasons why you come to the altar. Um, it's an invitation to the table where there are times when, yeah, you're supping with him. You're, commun- you're communing with him. And there are times when you're serving mm. him. A lot of different things happen at the table. Mm. There's different food that's served depending on the season and the time. Come on. Um I'm not I don't even know where this is coming from right now. Let um, me <laughs> <laughs> One other thing that I, I thought about that I was gonna mention before, this may be way off, but this is just how it was shown to me and it it may just be for me once again. Alterations for me. Um as you mentioned something about the fire, and we, you know, we know about the fire and the altar. We always pray, let your fire fall on the altar. Mm-hmm. But for me, what I saw was the alter being a situation because in the situations that we go through, we're altered and we're changed and we learn from it and we grow from it and we mature from it. And the thing that I saw was being prepared to go through that, being submitted before you go through that so that you're not um, rebelling whenever you're faced with the challenge that may come um, with that. With that change, um, the thing I thought about immediately for some reason was the three Hebrew boys when they went into the fiery furnace. That was a whole experience, a whole situation. And the thing is, whenever the fire started, the men that threw them in the fire, were they were killed by the fire. Yep. So in a sense, they weren't prepared for what they were trying to do. Okay. Um, but um, their altar experience came from their lifestyle of worship. So in a sense they weren't going to they didn't go through that situation to be delivered from something or healed mm-hmm. from something, but it caused their faith to be altered and to be made stronger. Yeah. Um it caused their knowledge of really who God was to be made stronger. Yeah. Um before even going into the experience, they had a knowledge of God already that okay, if he doesn't show up, he's still God. He's still mm-hmm. good. I'm still yeah. going to worship him. I'm still not going to go and do whatever the patterns of the world is that you're asking me to do. Um and then from that, once again, their faith was made stronger. They saw God at the altar in their situation. And so I think that we we just we have a perspective of what the altar is. And one of the things, you said something, I don't remember what it was, but it made me think of how oh, it made me think of the transfiguration mm. and how when they went up on the mountain and got to the high places that the whole transfiguration thing happened and it just what I got from that is the altar the altar is higher than the stage and oftentimes when we put people in a place in a position when it comes to perspective we put the people that are on the stage in a place that's higher than sometimes they should be and we put the people that are coming to the altar in a place that's lower, lower. sometimes than they should be. And we're looking at those people as, Jesus. oh, they need help and they ain't right because they're going to the altar for prayer or for repentance. Mm. And the people on the stage are the people that already have arrived when it's the people that are at the altar that are closer to God in proximity Jeez. in all different kinds of ways <laughs> than the people that are on the stage. So that's all I went to say. Uh-uh.
1: Uh-uh. <laughs> Run that back. Run that back. I'm sorry. Because... The altar is, oh, it made me think of how they say sometimes the valley prepares you for the mountaintop. Yeah. So when you're going through the most warfare in your life, you're going through the deepest and darkest place. That's the place where you get strengthened the most in yeah. your relationship with God. Hmm. And it prepares you for your next place.
0: Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, come on, I, I will, will fear, fear no, no evil, evil
1: for thou art with, with me. me. Come on. Wow. <laughs> I ain't got nothing else. Drop wow. the mic on that one. Go ahead. Wow. Well,
0: well, I think, again, that's what we have to remember, that who God is. We're talking about the altar experience. We're talking about soul searching. But we who have already been changed at the altar have the Holy Spirit with us. So in those moments where you were talking about the valleys to get to the high places, the Holy Spirit is with us. And those are the times where... You know, when we talked about soul ties, we have someone with us. But in the altar experience, that's when we have the Holy Spirit with us. That's where it's that one-to-one with God. That's where we're closest to him. We're, we're on holy ground. Whether that holy ground is the bathroom, the car, the, the closet floor, um, the, the, the conference room at work. Because mm. trust me, I've had to go and work. And close the bathroom stalls. Come on. Because Lord, I need you right now to to change my mindset. Yeah. I had to go to an altar for an alteration because <laughs> cause I wasn't in a good place. And 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 I, I need to take a walk with you, God, because mm-hmm. I, I I don't want to get out of character with yeah. someone else. Yeah. And so again, we take the altar with us. In the Bible, in the Old Testament, they built altars. They built an altar to memorialize um, a a time where God has brought them through. But in this day and age, God is continuously bringing us through. So those altar-taking moments, uh, honey, if we were to to annotate all the things that God has brought us through, we wouldn't have enough rocks to build them. (laughs) (laughs) Ran out. Um. <clears throat> so
2: I think the maybe the week leading up to that conference I was talking about um I had to lead worship at a church and I hadn't led worship in so prior to this I hadn't led worship in so long maybe since like March or April um and one of the things that you know we have our plans and our set lists and all of those things um and God For me, he just always comes in and switches things up. Um, Sometimes I know when he's going to do it. Sometimes I don't know. But the thing at the end of everything that he had me just continue to sing was the song, Lord Prepare Me to Be a Sanctuary, Pure and Holy, Tried and True. Um, And there's a process to that. I think that sometimes we get to a place where we feel like we're there. Um, We've been changed and people like to promote that they've arrived and that they're sanctified. And I hate when people say that, first of all, (laughs) Um, I'm saved and sanctified um, while they're in the midst of their mess. Um, And I think that one of the things that we have to understand, once again, is it's a process. And if we were perfect, we wouldn't need God anymore. And so, for me, one of the things that I'm constantly, continuously praying, at least three times a day, is like, God, I'll start off the day with creating me a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Um, By the middle of the day, I'm like, Lord, (laughs) (laughs) clean my heart again, please. Renew a steadfast spirit in me again. And by the end of the day, I'm like, lord forgive me right. <laughs> <laughs> cleanse me again because it's even the the little things the thoughts yeah. my attitudes right. my perspective towards things trying to be god myself and control mm-hmm. the situation instead of letting him take me through yeah. and teach me what i need to learn right. and remembering that when i am facing hardship that There's a lesson that I need to learn in this. And I don't know what it is, even from me thinking my phone got stolen last night and it didn't. Someone had just picked it up on accident. But there was, I was scared for a moment because I was thinking about my bank app and all of the stuff that's on my phone. And Mm. people are so technology savvy now that they can get into mm-hmm. anything and I'm just like, you know, there goes my money and everything. <laughs> but, and my phone was secure. Mm. Um, but there there was a lesson in that. Like, my heart dropped for a moment and then you showed me that you got me, but it's, it's more to it than I. I know I need to be more aware of what I'm doing, aware of my surroundings, paying attention to what's going on and not just going through the motions and trying to see in every situation what it is that you're trying to show me and how you're trying to lead me. Um, on top of that, it reminded me of, and I thought about this on the last episode, but it reminded me uh, once again of the book, Hines Feet in High Places and how in going through this process, the thing that stood out to me was how she asked God for different partners because you talked about him being with us or having partners with us. The partners that he gave to be with her, I think were sorrow and long suffering. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, why would you, why would you make (laughs) that? Why would you, why couldn't I have grace and favor?
0: (laughs)
1: Come on,
2: somebody. Why long suffering and sorrow, really? Um, And at the end, you know, she was made beautiful when she got there. But I'm just like, I feel the same way at times. Like I, I'm asking you for your grace and your favor. And yes, you're giving that to me. But while I'm in the process, you gave me long stuff. Like that's one of the things when I'm praying (laughs) about having the fruit of the spirit. That's the one. every time I say that one I'm like
0: can it be short though? Really, can I long suffer yeah, shortly? yeah I don't really right. want
2: to acknowledge that one right. did I forget one? Oh, yeah that right. one yeah, you did. Um, but this experience I think that the altar experience is it's our life it's our our walk in a sense we're preparing to get to that that big altar before him Amen. when we <laughs> Um, but I think that like I said each person's which is even interesting in itself, how each person's altar experience is different. And at the same time, our own experiences are helping others in their experience and helping them to be changed. And we don't realize that. And I think that, I don't know, they're just different things that the altar is, is used for. And there's different, it's one place that everybody needs to get to, even though the experience is different. And then there's there's a destination that still is not the same, even afterwards. Um, so I think that um, in in my time that I've been, I don't know, I've had these experiences where I haven't had the same experience every time, but there have been times where I'm going either I'm going to the altar for prayer or I've been called to the altar. Um, or I'm about to, like in the sense at that conference, I was about to go up on the stage to do the poem, and I was walking up, and as I crossed, I'll call it a threshold. Mm. The altar, and then it was the stage, as I crossed the threshold, I got overwhelmed with the glory of God. Um and i think that you know i haven't had that experience every time but i've just felt uh, in those experiences where i've just felt him so heavily in the altar or on the altar um i mean that's that just caused the question for me like why why in some experiences do i feel you so so heavily before i i get to where i'm trying to Mm -hmm. get to And then there are times where I'm feeling the fire. (laughs) Um, I'm feeling tested. Mm, I'm feeling mm. tried. And it's not the faces of the people <laughs> or their opinions that stopping me from getting there. But it's my test yeah. in trying to get there. I'm trying to get to the altar, yeah. but I feel like I'm being punched and hit and slapped on every side right. from resistance and rebellion mm-hmm. and my lack of faith at times yeah. um, and sometimes my unbelief. Yeah. And I'm having those moments where... I still believe and I'm holding on to you, but I'm doubting in all of these other areas. And so it's hard for me to even get there. And by the time I get there, sometimes, you know, I've been changed by what I've just gone through by the fire that I've just been purified through. But all I can do when I get there is lay out because I'm dog tired, tired. from all the stuff yeah. I've been through. And yeah. I think I have, it, there's an after effect, <laughs> <laughs> an after effect from being on the altar where you've yeah. been slain in the spirit. But at the same time, you've just gone through and you feel like you don't have, weirdly, you don't have anything else to give once mm. you get there. But are we supposed to feel that way? Mm. Because then we can't try to do things on our own. Mm. We have to lean and depend on him yeah. to come through for us. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Oh we. Do you have I, anything else to add, Agnes? I'm I'm full. Amen. I'm full as well. Yeah. Well, I pray that those of you that have listened have had a revelation for yourself that the altar experience is an alteration that is tailor made just for you yours will not look like someone else's. It may not look like ours, but as you listen to us and you reflect upon your life, you prayerfully will see where God has done some alterations in you and that you will continue to be changed as he desires for his glory. Thank you for listening to us on today. If you're inspired by the word, share it with your family and your friends, and even your enemies. And if you would like to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, or if you're just wanting prayer, you can reach out to us at wisewomenhtx at outlook.com. We want to thank everyone for listening in today, and please join us next time on Wise Women.